Sunday. Amen. As you turn with me, go to the book of Psalms. Psalms 37, verse 25 has been our text for this series, The God of Provision. It says, I have been young and am now old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging for bread. Amen. And we also want to turn to Exodus, the 16th chapter, verse 2. The whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said unto them, Would to God that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the flesh pots and we did eat bread to the full. For ye have brought us forth into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Then said the Lord unto Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a certain rate every day, that I may prove them whether they will walk in my law or not. Amen. We're continuing on tonight, part five of the series, God of Provision. You may be seated if you are not seated yet. As this world continues to advance Technology is getting smaller and smaller, but don't let its size confuse you because your cell phone today is a lot smaller than the one than the cell phones that they this world provided 20 years ago. The phones today are considered smart, and so therefore the one you had 20 years ago would probably be considered dumb. And the circuitry and the computer processors and the memory, all of those things have increased in power while at the same time decreasing in size. So the phone that you hold in your hand is said to be over one million times more powerful than the computer that sent the astronauts to the moon. The phone that you have is more powerful than the computer that sent astronauts to the moon. And in fact, they, they say a simple calculator from the dollar store is equivalent or even more powerful than NASA's computer that they used to do that some 50, 60 years ago. Those computers probably uh, would fill up this entire sanctuary here uh, that they used back then, and yet a million times more powerful device we put into our pockets and carry with us wherever we go. But just because something is small in size does not mean it's an insignificant or it is unimportant. On the contrary, sometimes it's the small things that have the greatest impact in our lives. There, there even are times that we might feel and we may seem like we are small and insignificant and how our situation might appear so much bigger than us and our storm might overtake our tiny little vessel and we may see a, a mighty big virus surrounding a little old me and taking over this entire earth. But I'm here to tell you that we serve a mighty God who is able to save. His hand is not short when we are weak. That's when he is strong. And when we fall down, he is there to lift us up. And when we are all alone and locked up in our homes, our God will 
come there to us and he will be there to comfort us because when the odds are against us, God will go and he will fight for us. And we serve a great and mighty God and he is the rock of our salvation. He is our strong tower. We may be small, but our God is not small. Our God is a mighty God. Sometimes, sometimes God does little things in our lives, little miracles, just to see how we might respond to those things. Are we thankful for them? Are we grateful for them, or do we overlook them because they seem to be so small, or maybe they weren't even expected, or maybe the little miracle was something that we felt like we deserved, or that we earned that ourselves, or maybe it was owed to us, and so we, we, we deserve that, and so therefore we don't really look at it or count it as a blessing from God because it's something that we did or that was uh, should have been given to us. And therefore, therefore, we don't see it as a blessing or a miracle because it's something we see, I should have had that. I should have uh, been given that. But there are lots of things that we can complain about if we wanted to. In fact, there's always something to complain about. There's always something to complain about if you are looking for that. Uh, because there are faults everywhere, there are broken people everywhere, there are imperfect people everywhere. And if you want to look for something to complain about, it's out there and it's everywhere you look. You can find something to complain about. We've been locked up and quarantined for the last six weeks. And sure, we can come up with a list of complaints. Maybe you do have a list. Uh, but I can tell you uh, that if you are looking for something to complain about, while doing that, you will miss the little things that God has placed in your life. If you're looking for the negative, you'll pass right over the good things in your life. And I don't want to be on the hunt for the negative. I want to be looking for the good. I want to be looking for the good stuff. I want to find the little miracles in my life. And I want to be like that little old woman who lost a gold coin. And she turned her whole house upside down and went to her neighbors and, Hey, have you seen my, my coin? I'm looking for my coin. But when she found it, she rejoiced and she was so happy. She was over the moon over something so small, just a little coin, over a little thing, over a little miracle. And if we can see how she sees, then we can look around our house even right now and look over our life even right now and see all of God's blessings. The technology that you are watching me on right now, you are blessed to have it because people do not have that. While the news in the world focuses on the bad things, the negative and all the destruction and dismay, I want to look around my life and I want to look around my home and I want to look at the good things in my life. I want to find all the blessings of God in my life. And yeah, maybe sometimes they're materialistic and it, it may be a little thing in your life 
and in the end, it, it doesn't really add up to much value. But I want to look at that little thing and, and count that as a blessing in my life and say, thank you, Jesus, for this thing. Thank you, Lord, for blessing me with that and for providing that for me. And I may not have the biggest TV, but at least I have one. And I may not drive the best car, but at least I have a car. I, my home might be the smallest on the street but I still see it as a blessing in my life. And I could be living somewhere else in a much worse condition. I could be living in my, my, my car, but my life is filled with blessings. And, and sometimes it's the little things that remind us of the faithfulness of God. We haven't been able to do much for six weeks but that doesn't mean that I don't have much to be thankful for. I know that people are suffering and people are dying and people's lives are being impacted by all of this. And our hearts and our prayers go out to those. But as much as we might want to complain about being quarantined and all these things, we still are alive. We still have our health. We still have the things that God has blessed us with. We still have our family. So we still have blessings around in our lives that we can look to and point to and say, thank you, Jesus, for that. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you for providing for us even amongst the, such a time as this. And Maybe you have lost your job because of all this or... Or maybe your hours have been cut, and, and that is definitely something worth complaining about that we would do. But, but my, might I submit to you tonight, instead of letting a, a negative and, and critical spirit enter your heart, why don't we look for the little miracles that are still in our life? Look for all those blessings that God has filled your home with and, and give God thanks for all of those things and, and to bless his name and to lift up his name as opposed to choose to, to be critical and negative about what has happened in our current situation. No matter what's going on, we can still give God thanks. We can still praise him even for the little things because he deserves our praise. And it's the little things that remind us of the faithfulness of God. Proverbs 15 and 13, it says, A merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance, but by sorrow of the heart the spirit is broken. The heart of him that hath understanding seeketh knowledge, but the mouth of the fools feedeth on the foolishness. All the days of the afflicted are evil, but he that is of a merry heart hath a continual feast. Better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble therewith. And so griping and complaining might make us feel good for the moment, but he that hath a merry heart, the Bible says, is going to have a continual feast. If you choose to look for the good, you're going to have a continual feast. There's always going to be something to look and give God thanks for because you're looking for the goodness and the good things and you're choosing to have a merry heart. If we look for the little blessings, we're going to find a whole lot of them lying around. And I want to have a continual feast even in the midst of a pandemic. 
I choose to be thankful and to be grateful to God for his goodness and his blessings and his provision because I have been young and am now old and yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging for bread. Why? Because God is always there for his people. He will always provide for them even in the situations that we face. God will still be there. And I want to look for God's blessings as opposed to look for all the negative things that we can focus on. Exodus 16 and 1, and it says that they took their journey from Elam, and all the congregation of the children of Israel came until the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the 15th day of the second month after their departing out of the land of Egypt. And the whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. Whenever I read this account, I am always amazed at their reaction. But then I'm reminded that it's kind of part of human nature. And even in my own life, uh, I'm reminded of how I can get so caught up in the moment or so caught up in a, in a situation that even I forget about all that God has done for me in my life and all the blessings because I'm so focused on this one thing. You don't think about everything that God has done for you. But here the children of Israel are in their 15th day of the second month, which is... Uh, based on our calendar system, would be about 45 days or maybe about six weeks or so since they left Egypt. But how could they murmur and how could they complain against Moses after walking through the walls of the Red Sea and seeing their taskmasters getting destroyed and literally walking out of a life of slavery one day and the next day entering a whole new life with God. They had already murmured and complained once before, and God made the bitter waters sweet to drink, and God led them to Elam where there was shade and there was plenty of water to drink. And the Bible tells us they had just left Elam, and they were on their way to the promised land that was given to them, a free land that they could become a nation of their own. And they are literally following a cloud, literally following a cloud in the day. And that is a cloud that is moving faster than they can walk, staying ahead of them. Not one of those little clouds in the sky, but a, a pillar of a cloud, something massive that, that they can easily see and, and not miss. And they're literally following this cloud that's taking them miles and miles across the desert. And if they're walking around when the sun goes down, that cloud magically turns into a pillar of fire right before their eyes, a big pillar of fire. Can you imagine seeing that with your own eyes? Just a massive fireball all of a sudden at night, and then you wake up in the morning, and now the cloud is back. How can you explain that, and how, how does that impact your life and, 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 and have an effect on your faith and, 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 and your walk with God? But it, it seems like they just kept complaining. It seems like that that's what all they were looking for was something to complain about, things to gripe and complain about, and 
These people had just witnessed supernatural acts that nobody else has ever witnessed. Even today, some 3,000 years later, it's still hard to imagine picturing this, what they must have saw. We have to just believe it by faith because we can't even imagine what it must have been like to to walk behind a, a pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire and to see walls of the Red Sea to walk by on, on dry ground. We can't even fathom to see these things in the natural world that they witnessed with their own eyes. And yet, that wasn't enough. And yet they start complaining. Exodus 16 and 3, the children of Israel said unto them, Would to God we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt. We would rather die, let this God kill us in Egypt. When we sat by flesh pots and when we did eat bread to the full, for you have brought us forth into this wilderness to kill the whole assembly with hunger. They're obviously going against Moses and Abraham. I don't know why, or Moses and Aaron, and I don't know why they're blaming him. It's not like Moses split the Red Sea, but somehow he's getting the blame for all of this. Have you ever met somebody that was just so ungrateful? Maybe you helped them out a few times and you gave them some money or food or you gave them whatever they were asking for and helped them out and they never said thank you or they never really appreciated what you were doing and they just kept griping and complaining about what other people have and what they don't have and it's just like you gave them this and they might as well just threw it in the trash because it meant nothing to them but yet you wanted to do something good for them and after a while you're just done with them people you're just done I don't know how else to say it nicely you're just done you can't do it anymore, and you, you're, you're, they, you hear them griping and complaining, and, and they're asking for stuff, and you don't give them stuff anymore because they're just ungrateful. And Now, we can understand that. We've been in those situations before, and we're frail human beings, uh, and, and people push us over that line sometimes. But imagine the level of frustration that these people drove God to. After all that he had done for them, and and they say, well, we'd rather go back to Egypt and be slaves than to be the people of God out here. Now, God hadn't reached his limit at this point, but he was quickly getting there. It wasn't very long until God told Moses to step aside because I'm just going to wipe everybody out. I've had it. This pillar of fire that I lead them at night, I'm just going to throw it at them and just going to kill everybody. And I will start over with you, Moses. I'll build a nation out of you, um, and I'm done with these people. But thankfully, Moses was Christ-like, and he was an intercessor and says, if you kill me, if you kill them, you might as well just kill me too. Uh, But obviously, God was not at that point yet. We know he gets to that point, but... Right now, God is still having some patience with these people. We see in Exodus 16 and 14, as our musicians come, uh, Then said the Lord unto Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, 
And the people shall go out and gather a certain rate every day that I may prove them whether they will walk in my law or not. And it's just amazing reading that, how God says, I'm going to rain bread from heaven for you. Obviously, something else that's never, uh, that we haven't seen, and we just have to take by faith, because that would be a, quite the sight to see. But uh, So the Israelites go out, and after the dew disappears in the morning, there's this, this stuff on the ground. And the people of Israel call it manna. And which literally means, what is this? And so they don't know what to call it, and so they just call it, what is this? Uh, and that interprets into manna. Uh, and so it was a, a little thing. This little miracle, bread from heaven as it's described, that God used to test his people, to test their spirits and to test their hearts and whether they would walk in God's ways or not. I'll just give them a little piece of manna and I'll be able to tell if they're going to have a godly character, if they'll be happy, if they'll be grateful, if they're going to walk around and be bitter and upset and and mad at things and, and pointing out all the faults. It doesn't take something big to do that. All it takes is a little piece of manna to to tell what your heart is like and the condition of your spirit and soul. And so God says, I'll use this little manna to see how they are. And so um, we all know how it ended for them, that they kept griping and complaining, and they said many times how they would rather just go back to Egypt And finally, when they did not have enough faith to cross the Jordan River and to conquer the land that God had gave them, God said, I will march this nation around in circles in the wilderness until everyone that is 20 years old and over dies, until everyone that is ungrateful and does not believe in me and does not trust in me, I will walk them in circles until every single one of them is gone. Now, if they had focused on the little things, like the manna each day, you don't need to worry about what happens next week or next month. What God has given you to get through the day, the little things today, is all that you need. You just need to take those little things today and be grateful for those and to pray over those and be thankful for those things because if you do that every single day, it's not going to matter what happens next week or next month or what happens next year. You're going to be grateful and you're going to have a faith that is trusted and, and found in God because every single day you're looking for the little blessings. You're looking for the little hand of God upon your life and you see it and you say, thank you, God, for this. Thank you, Lord, for providing for me. Thank you for this manna that I get to go out and collect every single day. I don't know what lies in store, but I know that God has provided for us today. And if he's provided for us today, 
If he tarries, he'll provide for us tomorrow. And it's on us, it's on you and I to choose to have that merry heart and to say, I'm going to look for the blessings of God. I'm going to look for the little things that he's already planted in my life. And, And if you continue to do that, when hardship comes your way, when giants stand before you, you will have enough faith because you gathered all that manna all those days. And you will know that if God is for me, who can be against me? Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Why? Because I look for him every day. I look for him in my situation. God, where are you? God, where's your blessing? God, thank you for this day that you have made. And had the children of Israel had done this, they would have had enough faith and confidence in their God that they would have ran into the promised land and they would have conquered that land and conquered the people and they would have, they would have fought over who's going to kill the giants like Caleb said, said, I want to go after them. Caleb saw the little things. He was grateful for the manna every single day and he was grateful for the blessings and And in turn, he was ready to conquer whatever God brought to them. He was ready to face the storm because he knew his God provided him all that days that they were in the wilderness. And what is this giant that stands before me? You don't want to talk about a giant, try to to walk through an empty, dry desert on your own and survive on your own. That's called a giant. God brought them through the the wilderness, and he, he fed them and gave them water to drink. And then they finally see a taller human being, and they, they can't even imagine how they can defeat that. It's because they weren't looking at the little things. But what's even amazing is that even with all of that, look at what God still did for them in Deuteronomy 29 and 5. And I have led you 40 years in the wilderness. Your clothes are not waxen old upon you, and thy shoe is not waxen old upon thy foot. Now I know all the ladies are just trembling at that verse, wearing the same clothes and same shoes for 40 years. Wow, that's torture. But it's the little things, like your clothes not fading in the desert heat or not wearing down in the dryness of all around you or or ripping when you bend down to grab some more manna after living in the wilderness for 20-something years. Your clothes are still there on your back and your shoes are still there. They haven't broken. The straps haven't rusted off. They are still there just as good as condition as they were 20 years ago when you left the land of Egypt. It's the little things that God does for us that if we're not looking for them, we'll walk right over them. We'll pass them by. But it's the little things where we can find the faithfulness of God. He shows up every single day, not just to provide the manna and not just to provide the water, 
but he shows up to check out your clothes and, and to stitch the holes and to make sure your shoes are still good, the leather hasn't broken. God shows up to polish your shoes and to dry clean your clothes because he knows you're going to need them for the next 40 years. And, and he did that for people that griped and complained. And he kept them out of the wilderness, he kept them out of the promised land because of their attitude and their ungratefulness, but yet he still took care of them. He still gave them manna for those 40 years. He still made sure their shoes lasted. He still made sure their clothes uh, did not rip and break, but he still did that for them. Imagine what God will do for somebody that blesses his name. Imagine what he would do for somebody that is grateful, for somebody that exalts the name of Jesus. What kind of blessings would he pour out on those who wake up and sing, how great my God is. Thank you, Jesus, for this day. This is the day the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. Imagine what he'll do for those kind of people if he still took care of those that griped and complained. I don't know about you, but we have a reason to rejoice. We have many things in our life to be thankful for. Even in quarantine, I'm going to look for the manna. I'm going to give him praise for the things. I'm going to walk around my house and look through the corners and the dust off the shelf and say, thank you, Jesus, for this. Thank you for providing me during those times. I remember that time, God. You are faithful. You are true. I believe in you. I worship you. Thank Thank you, Jesus. Come on, why don't we do that tonight? Why don't we give the Lord some thanks? Why don't we sing unto him? Why don't we tell him how grateful we are for the little things that we have in our life, for what he's done for us in our past, what he's brought us from. Come on, let's worship him together. We have a reason. We have plenty of reasons. It's the little things every day that remind us of the faithfulness of God how great he is. Great are you, Lord Jesus. Oh, let's worship him together.
worship him one more time. Can we lift up his name? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your grace, your mercy. Thank you, Lord, for the little things in our lives, God, that sometimes are overlooking, God. Help us to focus each and every day on the man of God that you provide for us because we are a blessed people and you will never leave us or forsake us. You will always provide for your people. We give you the praise and the glory. Jesus' precious name. Amen. No matter how bad it may get out there or in our life, we still have plenty of reasons to be thankful for, plenty of things to be blessed about and to give God praise. Paul and Silas were in jail, thrown in jail for doing God's work. Yet somehow in the midst of their jail cell, they still found some manna. They still found some reasons. Hey, let's just sing praises to God because even though we're tied to the wall and we can end up being killed, we still are blessed and we still have a reason to sing praises to God. Amen. Don't let this world, don't let the devil, don't let your situation steal the joy that's deep down inside because we'll let's choose to have a merry heart. That way we will always have a continual feast and feast in the presence of God of all his greatness and his blessing. Amen. We are a blessed people. Amen. I want to stay blessed. Amen. God bless you all. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you on Sunday. God bless.